And welcome back to the Nifty Show. Joel Com and Travis right here after a um, a seasonal break. I'd say it's been a couple weeks since we had a show, right, Trav? I think it has been, but you know what? It's nice to take a little break, had some holiday action, and we're hitting this year off with a bang. We're like, we ain't slacking at all. We're going pow. It's only going to go some... downhill after this one, I think. I know. This is it. This, this is the pinnacle. And then we'll just have to watch for 2023. Uh, I'll tell you what, we, we got some raw talent in the room with us right here, two gentlemen that are prolific at their work. Mr. Tommy, the animator. He is. Peace, uh, peace. Yeah. How you doing, Tommy? Welcome. I'm good, to man. The show. I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate is that it. your official last name? The animator? Is that? Nah, I just added that there. Yeah. Yeah. That's this, uh, <laughs> it's a stage name that stuck and it sounds cool. So I was like, Hey, Tommy, the animator it is. Uh, we got a bunch of NFT drops going, one of them with you and the other face here. You might recognize him from uh, from the music that he has produced over the years, from one of his gold or platinum albums, or perhaps from one of the hit TV shows or films that he's been on. You might know him as Tracy Merrow, but you also might know him as Ice-T. Ice, welcome to the Nifty Show. What's happening, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. You got my government on blast. You put my name out there. That's not good. <laughs> you got it on your own phone right there. Says, <laughs> That's not good. You know, I got friends I've known 20 years, and they can put me on a polygraph, and I can't tell you their name. You know what I'm saying? So we like keeping it, we like keeping it uh, you know, street. Uh, you know, but it's all good. People know my name by now. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, man. It's all over Wikipedia. You, you can't avoid it. And uh, congratulations on your really successful career. And I know, you know, for, even though we're older now, you probably in your mind are like, I'm just getting started. Yeah. You know, if you know my backdrop here, I feel like I'm in prison. We all been dealing with this COVID for the past three years. So, you know, but uh, I just want to send that first shout out. Everybody stay safe. I got two people in the hospital. Tommy's wife just went through it. Tommy's dealing with I'm, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick with COVID now. Yeah, so it's so. Oh, put stop. that mask on, then. We can't be doing this interview without. Yeah, yeah right. I, I thought about that too. I was like, I should put the mask on and be like, Yo, I'm COVID. I got COVID. I'm positive. I don't want to spread it. So I take <laughs> off the freedom muzzle. I just told everybody. I said, you know, deal with it however you feel like dealing with it, but uh. I've been through too much shit to die over a cold right now. So I must keep my black ass COVID free. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're down with that, man. Stay, stay uh, healthy. Yes, uh, sir. Hey, Tommy, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and hit us with a little bit about your background so people get to know you and what you've been up to. Hey, my name is Tommy the Animator. I'm an um, artist, 2D, 3D animator from the Upper West Side. Uh, right now, me and Ice got a few drops going on which is really the syndicate drop. We uh, we dropped the first drop, I believe, in November. We got the second drop coming up in January. And I believe the um, the rest of those 10,000 NFTs following that. Tommy, he said, tell him who the fuck you are. Though. He wants to know who you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just went full on into marketing. Yeah. He's like, oh, right, yeah, like, that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, Tommy. Well, you know, I'm an artist, man, 3D animator. Um, I got I, I come from a, a graffiti and breakdancing background. So this is something that um been in me for I don't I can't even tell you how long, but uh I love it, I enjoy it. And um we I'm just here to bring um some dope shit to the people, man. Give them some flavorful. Oh, that's great. How long how long have you and uh, and Ice T been working together? Man, I would say about Six, seven years, I believe, Ice? Yeah, Am I yeah. Correct? I, I, I got hip to Tommy by one of his animations. I was, um, he's friends with another guy that, um, Rampage, who's part of Buster Grimes' crew, Flip Mode. And they had did an animation, a uh, couple of uh, anim animated spots. And I got to Rampage, and Rampage said, this is my buddy up in Harlem. He's an, <clears throat> he's an incredible artist. And me and Tommy just hit it off. So, you know, we were in the process of working on our animated series, you know, because he's self-taught. Right now, you see he's sitting in an art studio. This is all he does. He does fine art. He does all kinds of things. Uh, when this the NFT thing started to become popular, and I, I told Tommy, I said, well, you're an artist. This is something that you should investigate because, um, you know, 
the future is coming and we don't want to get left out. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we got together. So in the, right now, while we're even doing the NFTs, really, we are working on an animated series, something. It's kind of like black exploitation gangster uh, animation. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, something awesome. real dope. I want to ask real quick. You mentioned Buster Rhymes. I was listening earlier a couple of days ago to Rhyme Pays. Mm-hmm. And in your intro, you mentioned something about busting some rhymes, like busting a rhyme. And I was curious, did Busta Rhymes steal his name from your song? No, not at all. But, you know, you know, spitting rhymes, saying rhymes, you know, busting a rhyme is just a normal hip hop term, you know? Okay. So he just took that whole thing and he's just Busta Rhymes. And, you know, it, it, it just felt good. Hip hop has what I call hip hop gridlock. There's only so many words that rhyme in the world. You know, it's probably a million, two, three million. Mm-hmm. But eventually you're going to say something similar to somebody else because of the lack of words. So, so I heard that. I was like, person. wait a second. You said Buster Rhymes. And I was like, this is Buster Rhymes? No, and there's two things that goes on in hip hop. You can do something that's similar to somebody as long as you give them credit, you know. But when you say you made it up and then that's called biting, you know, like, yo, you, you, you don't take credit for it. So yeah, a lot of a lot of times you can be influenced by people and say, man, I heard that song. That made me write this song. And that's fly. That's fly. We're all influenced by each other. So just give credit. And, and, and historically, there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth between rappers, right? This one says these lyrics. This one might talk shit about that one. And this one comes back and it's got this to say about that. And well, it, it, it weaves this story. Well, that's part of hip hop, though. See, because hip hop is part sport. You know, it's competition. It's it's one crew pulling out their stereo and having their dancers and their rappers and them saying they're the best <clears throat> and people from across the, you know, round the, down the block says, we don't think so. You know, we're cooler than you or we, we can outdance you or our graffiti artists are tighter than you. So the competition just raises the bar. Competition is good, you know? So it gets into battling, it gets into talking shit hopefully it doesn't get into anything like a real altercation but that's part of hip-hop you know just saying i'm a little bit better than you or you think you're the coolest i don't think so you know that that stirs the pot and makes it fun well in that same competition is coming you know into the nft world in in many respects i want to give full disclosure here the uh, the platform that you guys are launching on niftify.io travis and i are both uh, early investors in niftify so we we always like to disclose dope, with our audience dope, whenever dope. we have a stake um and if you go to the main page at niftify.io you'll see here tommy the animators drop uh, just happened here on the 30th of December. This is live right now, and they're called Ball and Buddhas. Ball and Buddhas. Tommy, yeah, what's, yeah, what's a Ball yeah. and Buddha? Oh, man, it was something I created a while ago, and it was just like Buddha's Ball, and, and, and it wasn't really for NFTs. It, it was more animated stuff, and I was testing lighting and render techniques, and then when an NFT situation came, Ice was like, man, you got a lot of shit for this, for this, for this arena. This is like made for you so i started going through a bunch of stuff and i said wow the ball and booze and it was just a concept that i did for um uh perfecting my lighting techniques and render techniques and it i showed it to the people at niftify they was like we love it and we went with it so these, these i made i did digital render and then i went inside the um then i put them in photoshop and I used the Wacom tablet to go over them and give it the, the Basquiat art, the artsy feel. I wanted these to be a little bit more artsy. So, yeah, the Ball and Buddhist collection is pretty dope. And it was inspired, you know, it, it, when I started using it, it was inspired at the same time Elon Musk was talking about space travel and all of that. So I was like, wow, Ball and Buddhist with spacesuits. That's dope. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the body so, type was inspired by me. Matter of fact. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, and, this, you know, and Ice, you mentioned this a minute ago about graffiti and art and, and, and hip hop. And, and Tommy, you're right. You're right in it, man. Like, you're, yeah, taking, you're taking the streets to the next level with NFTs here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Most definitely. So, um, and that's what I wanted to do with this. I said, okay, the ball and boot is, I want to be a little bit different from the syndicate. I wanted to give these a more artistic feel. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, though, when when the, you know, the NFT market started to open up, of course, I'm close friends with Snoop. And Snoop was like probably one of the first rappers that was, you know, touching the space. Now he's in the metaverse. He's doing a lot of things, you know, and I'm not an artist. So, of course, people were coming to me You should get into NFTs. I was like, well, I'm not an artist, but I'm my partner is an artist. So I just like told Tommy, I said, you need to learn everything you possibly can about NFTs, because I think this is coming. And one of my models I said is I learned from Quincy Jones. He says, if you want to lose a fight, fight the future. And things are coming. I mean, everybody remembers when Bitcoin was a dollar and you know, that, that ship sailed, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? Or a hundred dollars, even that ship sailed. So yeah. I said, this is something you might want to investigate. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't even really know how to get into the NFT space just because he was an artist and this is a digital art platform. I told my man, this is something you could see. Then I got a friend in Amsterdam named Deems. I've been knowing him since he was 15 years old. He told me, Ice, I'm working with an NFT company called Niftify, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, you just called me out of the blue. I'm working with an artist. And then we just started to talk back and forth. And um, Niftify kind of educated us to the space. And here we are, you know, kind of like just really just... Tommy and I, we're just testing the water. We don't know what it's going to do. We're just testing the water. We didn't want to be left behind, you know, as this starts to expand. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Ice, about, you know, musicians and artists and filmmakers and, and you know, people that are in, in entertainment. What do you, how do you think NFTs are, are going to be changing the game? Let's maybe start with, with hip hop and stuff. What are some of the things that you've seen that is, is, it's just going to flip the script when it comes to doing music. I don't really know. I mean, me, myself, uh, I'm still trying to, you know, digest the blockchain. You know, I'm not an expert on this. You know, uh, I, I, I'm it, it, it's it's something that I think will change a lot of things. You know, I've heard about people saying they're going to do an NFT movie or, or mm-hmm. NFT albums and things of that nature. Like I said, we just stuck our toe in the water. You know, we just said, let's just see what happened. Our first syndicate drop sold out. So, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously, I think the trip with this stuff is, is like, you could put it out, but making it popular becomes when it becomes valuable. Like when it becomes, and I'm not really doing extra promotion on this. This stuff is gonna work on Tommy's merit or whatever. But with, it's kind of like, you know, to me, honestly, it's like Pokemon cards. You know, like my friend owns, uh, Steve Aoki owns a half a million dollar Pokemon card. I'm like, a Pokemon card, Steve? <laughs> yeah, they're worth money. It's they worth are. money. So value of art is based on what people decide the value is. And I've actually posted on Twitter a couple of times and people... Maybe you guys could tell me what, why do, why do people have a negative energy behind NFTs? I, I can tell you exactly why. You know, you, energy. Tell me why. Yeah, you've been you've been subject to BS from the media before, right? You've experienced right. they sensationalize stuff, and so the mm-hmm. media, especially at the beginning of new technology, tends to latch on sensational stories. And and in, in the case of NFTs, they're saying uh, that people are using them for money laundering. Well. Like nobody's ever used cash, you know, for money laundering, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. right? Never. Like, that doesn't yeah, happen. Right? And they're saying they're bad for the environment because, in particular, oh, the Ethereum man. blockchain can be a, um, a resource and energy hog, but no more so than any other type of manufacturing is. But, you know, the media says it, and all of a sudden people go, oh, NFT is bad. And they just believe it. Uh, but, you know, even with uh, Niftify, they're using Polygon for minting NFTs, which is a environmentally friendly blockchain that doesn't ha- need the resources that Ethereum does. So most of it is just sensationalized stuff. And eventually all those haters, they're going to be on the NFT train. Now, now, all right, now, now, now we're learning something because me and Tommy don't know all this stuff. 
Yeah. It's the Ethereum blockchain that bothers them, not not the stuff that all the other crypto is on. Well, they think it's all of them. They when they hear NFTs, they automatically <laughs> put everything in that same bucket, but they're not in the same bucket. And even Ethereum itself isn't as bad as what some in the media make it out to be. Does it burn more energy than the Internet? No. No, because right. it's on the internet. <laughs> well, and there's some other ones. There's some other blockchains that we've used where we've minted, you know, Joel and I and some of the projects we've been working on, we've minted over a million and a half NFTs. And WAX is 222,000 times more efficient than Ethereum, right? Now, but I think on Ethereum, though, that's when you get those really big, those big number price, you know, tokens that are popping up out there, the big, the big NFT dollars, like the board yeah, apes, yeah, and yeah, some of those other yeah, ones that are going for yeah. several hundred thousand dollars each. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. You know, it's funny though. As much trouble as I've been in my whole life, right? I'm like, okay, this any other. Then you do something as simple as an NFT, where you're trying to do something, help an artist, get people out there, do something positive. No guns in your face. No uh, drugs being sold, and people are like, oh, that's awful. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, awful. Like, what the fuck? So it's, yeah. it's energy and this and it. Well, okay, I get it, but it's, I, let me let me blow your mind here. Let me next level this stuff right now. Since next level know, since we're me. learning here, you know what you said something about how value is given to an NFT by what the people decide. Right. But here's what artists are starting to figure out is you could actually um, place value on your item by backing it with some sort of deliverable. So what we're going to see here in the in the future and are starting to see is that artists are going to say, okay, this NFT that you bought, now this gets you access to some sort of community. For uh, you, you brought up Snoop, you know, as an example, Travis and I both own one of Snoop's VIP passes for his sandbox plot. There's only a thousand of them nice, out there. And we both own one of these things. And that's going to get us three, actually. But Travis has three. He's oh, going to clone I'm, himself I'm, twice. So I'm, I'm three of can go in. So, but, but, you know, you're a creative guy. Both of you are creative guys. And what I want you to do is start thinking about, okay, what type of experience can we deliver to our fans that want access to what we're doing? You know, what if owning an NFT gave people a one hour zoom where you come on and you do some freestyling and Tommy draws, you know, some art in real time. Right. What happens if owning that NFT gets you VIP access to an upcoming concert? Absolutely. It, think of yes, that yes. NFT as so, a magic key that unlocks an experience. Like watching a TV show, watching Law and Order did, with Ice T, and he's doing commentary did you, with it or something. You know, did, so. you, did, you, did you guys see the link I sent you, the S Lounge link? Let me, so that's the syndicate lounge that you're talking about that's right the here. Syndicate gonna, lounge, yeah. That's let's talk about that. Be, that's actually going to be somewhere where um the um the buyers can go and get a and get an experience. So where it says request a sit down, that's where you can talk to Ice T virtually. Hmm. So the character that you see in the animation that's talking about NFTs and blowing guys away, that's Ice T's character. And um, I must note that Ice T did all the voiceovers for that, so that was our, <laughs> our, our our whole intention. I had the Eddie Murphy thing in mind with Norbit and and all of that stuff. So I said Ice could do. I said Ice do all the voiceovers, and we'll turn this into something dope. And through doing these syndicate NFTs, we came up with the Syndicate Lounge, and and the animated clips that went with it. So if you see here, you can go request the sit down. So the site is actually being worked on. You have all the animated shorts. You will be able to go on here, tell them what type of NFT you purchase and what's your reason for the sit down. And you can actually get a sit down virtually with this character. So, um, and then also yeah, we're we trying to bring that into the metaverse. Definitely. What we're, what we're going to also do in the syndicate lounge is we're going to have your ability to leave music. That's iceberg. Yeah. So, so in other words, if you, if you come in there and you've got some music that you've made or whatever, There'll be a syndicate jukebox in there, and because you have the NFT, you'll be able to put your music, upload your music in there. So all yeah. the people that are owners can come in there, and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you're right; these are ideas we're adding. Also, early when we first decided we wanted to do NFT, we, uh, we when we truly didn't understand the space, 
uh, we had built a figurine, a, a personal figurine. But now it seems like we're going to move that over to they're doing a uh, what, what's the um, a Sothersby's hip hop um, auction. Mm -hmm. So we're going to use that over there. You know, and this is all stuff that I'm trying to do there. This helped Tommy get out there, you know, into the art world. But yeah, the syndicate movement is going to be fun, you know. And the yeah, people that definitely. do hold, hold the early NFTs, you know, I want every, I want it to just keep happening and make it's fun. It's fun to me. It's just fun, you know. Right, it is. This is the page here on Niftify. This collection goes on sale January 4th. The syndicate um, commemorative set of 10,000 NFTs of players and hustlers pimping on the Niftify blockchain. And you can kind of see right here the uh, the individual ones, you know, pick your flavor and uh, you got your syndicate guy. And this is going to get you access to that syndicate site. How much are these going to be? I think these ones are going for 600. Okay. And those body count ones, right? It's only seven of them to commemorate each member in body count. Mm. So that's, and that's only seven of those out of 10,000. I wanted to do that because, you know, body count, I, I've had a, a, an amazing experience working on um, ice, working with ice with just the visuals on a couple of body count albums. And, um, I really wanted to do something dope for the group with these NFTs, with these syndicate NFTs. So I said, I'll make seven of them to commemorate each member in the group. Tommy, so yeah, I, it's only seven of those. I thought the drop was 300. I don't know. They told me six. I'm not sure. I believe it's 600 for these, for this drop here. <laughs> this ain't the big drop. This is the smaller drop, right? Yeah, this is the smaller drop, yeah. Yeah. It's not 10,000. It's how many? No, it's not 10,000. I think it's uh 300. Let me, yeah, yeah. It's three. Yeah, yeah, it's 300. Yeah. Okay. So this first one is 300. This is great. You know, we're used to seeing laser one. eyes, but this is like laser mouth happening here. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I wanted to do the laser <laughs> mouth instead of the eyes. I see a lot of that. So I said, yeah, let me flip it up and just do a little bit of, do something a little bit different. That's so, good. Yeah, actually, these, actually, these, I, see, I, I actually saw body count. In 1991, in Arrow, at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, you remember that with Guns N' Roses and Metallica? Yes, that right yeah. there. I went, so so originally it was supposed to be Faith No More, I think, and at the last minute you guys were added to the added to it. And I remember it was, it was you, and then Metallica came on. And did you did you guys stay around in between yeah. the shows? Because I don't know this. I've been to a lot of concerts. I have not seen more titties on a jumbotron than that concert. <laughs> You remember that? Because they were walking around because it was such a long delay between Guns Metallica and Guns N' Roses. I swear we saw at least 150 set of titties. That's 300 titties. And there was a few girls that was revealing more. I was like, what? All oh, the Jumbotron? Look, let me tell you a Jumbotron story. So that was my first stadium tour. You know, we got yeah. called. We were friends with um, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Ernie was his best man. So we, we, you know, we know Kurt Hammett, we know those cats. So we got the call. We were kind of hot then. They said, would you guys be willing to do the show? So I think the first show was in San Diego at Jackie Robinson Stadium. And, you know, on the side of the, the stage, they got those long ramps, those mm -hmm. super rock and roll ramps. Mm -hmm. So I always saw them. I saw Mick Jagger run down those motherfuckers and stuff like that. So, you know, now... We're on stage. We don't have all the props. We, we don't have the production that Metallica and them have. So we're just like a little band on the stage. So we're rocking. And something tells me to try to run down this ramp, right? So I take off running. I, the ramp is like 50 yards long. It's long. It goes way out there. So I got way out there. I was totally out of breath. I look back at my band. My band was this little. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at the jumbotron and I was like, yo, like I was like 60 feet tall and everybody in the audience is laughing at me because they saw I was just blown away. And I, you know, I'm a I'm a performer that always addresses the elephant in the room. I'm like, yo, this shit is wild. I never see myself on the jumbotron and I like and I'm not going to make it back by the end of this <laughs> so they just cut the song i mean when the song ended i just took my time walking back just talking shit on the walk back you know before <laughs> the song. 
But yeah, hats off to Mick Jagger who runs those damn them ramps. That's a lot of work. I wasn't cut for that. But yeah, still he's still running. I mean, the, the uh, it's amazing to me. You know how you're you're, you're, uh, you're you're 63. Okay, I. Uh, how much longer? You know, is this like, hey, I'm going to keep producing and and laying down beats and doing you know film TV until I can't do it anymore. You know what it is? At the end of the day, humans are one of three. Three. Uh, we, we're either athletically inclined, artistically inclined, or are intellectually inclined or uh, um, academically inclined. I'm more of athletic and artistic. You know what I'm saying? And whatever smarts I picked up from other smart people, but artists got to create. That's that's what that's our life. Like we'll. If we if we can't do something, we'll sketch in a book. The ideas just keep flowing, and music is the fountain of youth. Music, I mean, when you sing a song, when I sing colors, I'm fucking 19 years old because I have to go to that place to sing it. Now the listener, they snap back to where they were when they heard that song for the first time. So music is kind of like a weird warp that takes you to another place. And yeah, you could keep rocking forever. Why would you stop? Like if you're acting or you're making music or you're painting or something, those are three things. Those are dream jobs. So why would you ever stop? Like you might slow down a little bit, but the stage would always be calling you. Like you're like Tony Bennett. Somebody says, come sing. You're going to want to sing. You know what I'm saying? So as long as I could physically do it, but I've seen people push themselves out on the stage in wheelchairs. I mean, it's just like, it's a great thing. So, no, I don't plan on stopping. I don't see why I would stop. Uh, if anything, I want to stop waking up in the morning when it's still dark outside. Let's try that. So I'll do a partial. <laughs> everything I do starts after 10 a.m. How about that? I, uh, <laughs> I saw their lifestyle. I saw Genesis last month. They got back together again, and poor Phil Collins can barely walk on stage. You know, he can still sing, but the guy, his, he's just his back is messed up, and I, I'm, I was like, wow, he's still pushing. But you know what? Phil Collins got more money than you know the the Earth. It's like he doesn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. He just wants to do that. There's a so that that's letting you know that, like you're saying, even if in his condition, God bless Phil Collins. He's a drummer. You know, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, but he he obviously is at a point in his life where he's only doing what he wants to do. You know, what's really great is his son <laughs> is behind him playing the drums now. That's so. Yeah, his son plays the drums. That's so that's, Yeah, I mean, I want to ask you about this. I want to ask you about Law and Order because I discovered this about you, man. Did right. you know that you are the fourth longest? Um, prime time, longest running prime time live action character of all time. Like you've been on, you've been on this this show for twenty two years. Whoa, whoa, You're the fourth whoa, whoa, longest whoa, whoa. character of all time. Who's longer? Oh, there's only there's there's one dude who was like sixty one years that he was doing some show, some old school guy, and then your two co hosts, Olivia and John. So, you, so I'm just gonna let you know you got to take them out. Is there number Olivia two? Olivia's number two. John's number three. You're number who's four. John? Who's John? Uh, John, uh, Olivia Benson, and who's the other one? John, somebody on somebody on your show. Hold it's on, me. it's me. Uh, the only person that's I don't know about this sixty-one-year-old guy. We yeah. we beat we beat we beat. Um, I'm a brag right now. We beat Gunsmoke to be the longest-running drama on television. So the only person that's been on TV longer than me is Mariska. Okay, in The Simpsons. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but they don't have to wake up early in the morning, so no. they don't get the fucking thing. Homer doesn't like to wake know up John early. is because Chris left, so Mariska started with Chris Maloney, but Chris left, and now he came back. He's back on, but mm. Phantom John, I don't know who that motherfucker is. I'll have to pull his name up. I just wrote down John. I didn't write his last name, so apologize for that. But I do know I that it's all, like, it's all good. But I'm up there. I'm not tripping. I'm up no, there. That's but- awesome, though. Think about it. most people think of Ice T. You're a rapper in the, most people's mind, right? A musician, and knowing that you're one of the longest running television actors of all time—that's a, a spectacular. Oh, how, by the way, how about this longest running motherfucking police? And I'm not—I'm as far <laughs> from a cop 
as you could possibly get. So in Hollywood, they call that a stretch, you oh, know? Yeah. But not this. I want this. So what about Nino Brown gets out on parole and you got is you gotta have him on special victims unit somehow. Like Nino Brown from New Jack City, you get Mario Peoples to come out and get him on. <laughs> <laughs> you get Pookie. You gotta have Pookie on there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they um Long story short, New Jack City Part Two, uh, Nino was supposed to have lived from that fall, and that, but that got blackballed and canceled, mm. and I got in all my cop killer bullshit. So, mm. you know, the ride's been like this, you know. But who would ever thought? I went on Law and Order to do four episodes, and now we're on we're on the twenty third season. Isn't that funny how life works? You just you never know what's going, and you never would have seen. I mean, you know, back in the day. You're just making rhymes and making records. And this is you're telling your story. And now you're on TV for two decades. Like, what the hell? How does that? That's my motto. You don't guide life. You ride life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, who would have thought about NFTs? Who would have thought about crypto? All these things. You know, people always go ask me, what's, what's going to happen next? I go, if I knew, I'd go there and wait on you. I don't know what the fuck's mm -hmm. happening. <laughs> I can tell you this is going to happen. Y'all that are watching and listening are going to go over to niftify.io and you're going to pick up some of these dope NFTs. Uh, Tommy, the animator, did all this work. The stuff that you see here on the syndicate, this is all, all these hand-drawn, Tommy? Nah, these are, uh, these are all rendered. They yeah. all rendered, uh -huh. and I rendered them through um through a, 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 a plugin called Arnold, which gives you 2D rendering and gives you, you could totally manipulate the whole character. I can make it look like it was drawn, but I just wanted to give it the animation look, a 2D what's, what's traditional that, that animation look. Uh, it's, 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 on, it's Cinema 4D and okay. it's uh, Arnold. It's an Arnold, Arnold renderer. Yeah, okay. Arnold, yeah. I think you can also get it where it's a standalone as well. Very nice. You know, there's some people out there who want to learn what it is that you're doing. I actually had an idea earlier earlier today while because like, we were talking about this NFT, so this might be an opportunity. Ice, I want I want you to tell us a story about when you were a kid and you got your bike stolen and, and <laughs> yeah. how you would build your own bikes. Because this made me laugh. This is like this is some, this is some entrepreneurial shit you were doing over here. Early, early stage hustler. It was my introduction to crime. Like, you know, I, I never really was a bad kid. I didn't steal or nothing, but uh, my father was a working man and um, he bought me a bike. And um, it was the biggest purchase he had ever bought for me. You know, it was a cool bike, a Schwinn with the stick. Mm. You know, it was a sexy bike. So uh, I, on Christmas day, I drove down the street to my friend's house who, uh, I wanted to show off my bike, so I parked it outside, right in the, you know, like in a driveway. I had it leaning, and so I went to knock on his door. I expected him to come to the door, but it was his mother. His mother said, uh, "They're in there. They just got uh, some slot cars, you know." So now I get distracted. I go back in the back room. They got the HO slot cars, little bitty toys. I'm I'm playing them. I played them for like two hours, and I'm like, my bike. I want you to see my bike. I got distracted. Bike was stolen. Mm. Oh. <laughs> the day you got it? Christmas Day. Exactly. Oh, no. Oh. So, and, I, so and, it, and it was because I didn't lock it. I was posing it. I, it had to look a certain way, Tommy, when he looked at it. You know, and I got distracted. And um, uh, basically... Uh, Somebody saw it and said, wow. Yeah, nice so what I started to do was I started to steal bikes at that time. That was the day, my moment of crime. And my father wouldn't let me, my mother had passed. I was living with my pops and my father wouldn't let me go out at night. Like at night, we had to be in when the street lights came on like most kids. But I found out that he would get up, go to work early in the morning, like at five. So I'd roll out of bed. I didn't have to go to school till eight or nine, but I'd roll out right after him and I'd just run the, I just scavenged the neighborhoods at night in the dark for bikes and I jacked motherfuckers' bikes and take them back to my garage. So I had a garage and I learned how to strip them. I had a chop shop. I'd strip them, yeah, them. <laughs> take a wheel off this one, this, this, this one, this one. I could ride right by you on your bike. You'd never motherfucking know. You know what I'm saying? It's funny, man. I, I guess that was something we all practiced in every hood. 
Because I remember getting my first BMX from Central Park. It was a kid in there. I went in there with a bike. And he was like, hey, I like to ride your bike. I said, I would like to ride yours too. And I just got on his shit and just kept going back over to the hood with it. <laughs> and we would, and the other guys would get bikes and we were like, oh man, they're going to know their bikes. So like I said, we would just have a little chop shop and we would all switch bike parts. Like you put this mag on your bike, I put this mag. So when you used to go through the hood and you see the cats in the hood riding bikes with a green mag in the front and an orange mag in, in, in the back, you know the reason why. Yeah. And there <laughs> was the idea. I was thinking the, the syndicate lounge. The syndicate lounge needs to have a bike chop shop. And the next NFT oh. series is these random bike pieces that are just like, oh, here's a different tire. Here's a different way. <laughs> oh, yeah. We definitely got a chop shop in there, but it'll be where you could buy like T-shirts and a different type of... um accessories man yeah we we definitely got you know what fell off the back of the truck room in the syndicate lounge i heard this story about this dude who got distracted like me but he got distracted with a video game and he said that he he met this girl he he wanted to you know he, she was the girl of his dreams da di da di da first date he calls her he says she says give me 30 more minutes you know he was so excited so he jumped on his video game he said when he popped his head up, two and a half hours had passed. <laughs> <laughs> when he called, she said, lose my month fucking <laughs> <laughs> so We all know you play video games, time just flies. You know? Yeah, man. So you can't get distracted and fuck your life up really quick. Yeah. You know, well, I, I want to say this, you know, congratulations, happy anniversary. You've just been 21 years with Coco. 21 years, best decision I ever made in my life. I tell people that getting married is like casting for a movie. You got to make sure that that other person is ready for all the scenes, the sad ones, the bad ones, the fun ones, the exciting ones, the action ones, the porno ones, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. And if you cast your marriage correctly, you'll have a hell of a movie. It'll be a, you know, it'll be a super uh, blockbuster. <laughs> That's there's there's some inspiration for you right there. You know, I wonder, Ice, when you look at uh, this generation of artists that are creating hip hop and, and rap now, well, who really who pops for you? Who stands out? I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan. I mean, me, myself, I'm from the school of rhyming and, and, and lyrics. So the J. Coles, the Kendrick Lamar's, the people that really put some effort into their words. I like battle rappers like R.J. Payne. I love. Uh, all the all I love lyrics. I'm a rapper, so I'm more into the lyrics than the beat. Producers like the tracks, you know, they're into the tracks. But uh, you know, my my uh, position on mumble rap is well defined. People know I'm like you know, but I'm kind of more like a purist. That's it, a rap purist. I just like lyrics. That's it. So uh, I think lyrics are coming back to hip hop. I think. You know, the ringtone stuff and all the simple stuff is kind of playing out. The auto tune's getting turned down a little bit. And now they're getting back to the, as we call bars, you know, rhymes. I want to ask about this because Tommy mentioned that the character on this NFT series is Iceberg. And it's well known that your main, your, one of your inspirations for your name is Iceberg Slim. Yeah. And he was like a lyricist in his own. He was like an old school pimp back in the day. Like what kind of, what kind of inspiration is he in this NFT series? And maybe like, what do maybe people need to know about this guy that, that people don't know? Well, the NFT series, like we say, it's the syndicate. The syndicate is my organization from way back in the day, Rhyme Syndicate. And, you know, in our NFT world, it's just a bunch of cool players and stuff. Really, it's kind of like a spinoff of our animated series coming called Tech City. So Tech City will probably have NFTs you know, as this NFT world evolves and people start saying, well, we don't like this, we like that. But, um, you know, Iceberg Slim was just my motivation because he was a real hustle and a real player, but he actually became a writer. So one day I had that epiphany, like if I wanna not just live this game, I need to document the game. And so everything Ice-T does has a little player flair to it, a little street flair to it. That's my brand. You know, if you look at our NFT cats, these are the same cats you might run on two on the street. You know what I'm saying? It's just some players. 
and it's something to hold. And like I say, you get an NFT from us and who knows, who knows they could become, you know, extremely valuable. Let's hope Stuff so. could happen. The beautiful thing about NFTs is you can keep giving value to that NFT holder, right? It's not, hey, you get this, you're in the syndicate. Guess what? We just added this feature to the syndicate. And we just yeah, added most this definitely. one. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. the mob, though. It's like, it's like the mob, too. It's like a kick down. You know, the one thing I always, the beauty of the, the blockchain to me from a, a true artist perspective is that if Tommy sold a painting for $1,000 and then that became, became a mil, worth a million dollars, he would never receive any residual from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So with this, there's a residual kick. And that's what attracted it to me. I mean, me too. You know, people like, oh, it's a scam and this, that, and the third. And, you know, thing. that's why we hooked up with Niftify, because I wanted to be with somebody that was solid, that was respectable. I know this, this is the Wild West right now, and people are doing all kinds of money grabs and this, that. I'm not in it for that. That's not, I'm in it to get Tommy out there and to do something that the people want. And, like, <clears throat> Like when people used to be mad at my music, I'm like, nobody's putting a gun to your head telling you to buy my music. Nobody's making you buy NFTs. It's a choice, if, you know, and if it's something you feel like doing. To me, it's a game. It's like if something you want to invest in, because all investments to me are a game. It's like, you know, I lost millions of dollars in real estate. The most solid investment you can get. Oh, guess what? The bubble popped in, uh, you know, you, you lose millions. So this is something that, you know, for a little or no investments, you can see what happens. You know, I, I, I'm hoping it, it keeps going and stuff. You know, I yeah, see yeah. I see 10 years from now, it'll be the norm. But like you said earlier, oh, well, when things first pop off, everyone goes for the negative. But I think in 10 years, it'll be just normal. It, you mentioned how it's a game. This is the one I have my eye on here, here from the ball and Buddhas. I've got to go through the KYC to register and all that, but I'm getting this guy right here. Cause he's playing. Yeah, he's that's, a, game yeah, that's a nice one. The game he's, dude X. Yeah. 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 yeah he, he's yeah. already, he's plugged into the metaverse. He's experiencing like stuff we can't see going on there. He's got yeah, his most definitely. Control. And this idea came the game, the game. I, I wanted to do a whole gamer dude X, um, a, a collection of, Ball and Buddha NFTs. This was the IT inspiration because I, I, we had we was having a conversation one day and he was like, "Yeah, I hit you back. I'm I'm playing a game right now. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm also a big kid. So I was like, I know Ice likes to play games. I said, Damn, it'll be nice to put a control in this cat's hand and call him Gamer Dude X. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, Ice was actually the inspiration behind that one for me talking to him on Marco Polo. I'm glad you guys have gone down the NFT rabbit hole here. And, and yeah, I think you've yeah, a great yeah. partner with Niftify. So make sure everybody listening here, go to niftify.io and check out. You can see here the last two drops that are listed are, are Tommy the Animators and, and Ice-T Syndicate drop. There was one here that really caught my attention. Let me see if I can find him again. It looked like the dude was auditioning for Blue Man Group. Uh, there, there he is right there. He, he's yeah. going to Vegas. He's going to be in the new Blue Man group right there. <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah. Yeah. I tell people in Blue Man, I'm like, there's no job security in Blue Man group. God damn, they'll put a fucking blue blue suit on any fucking body. You're fucking that job. You can't for a raise. raise or nothing. But yeah, man, th- so this is actually our second drop. The first syndicate drop already happened. So they're out there. I'm looking for them. It does. I'm not seeing them listed here, but it could just be it's not showing the search engine. So I November November fourth or something like that. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. The last drop. Yeah. I gotta ask just because the wordplay is too good. Did you ever uh, ever do anything with Robbie Van Winkle? No, because then you'd be you know if you guys toured together you'd be Vanilla Ice Tea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm friends with I'm friends with 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 Vanilla Ice. You know, back in the day, we were confused with Vanilla Ice because Vanilla Ice came out and said he was street, and we were like, "What street? Sesame Street?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he he understands that that doesn't give him any more credit. You know, if, just say I love rap. That's all you got to say. If you're a right kid, or you you know, it's it's cooler to be from the farm and like rap and being able to rap. If you possess this, it doesn't matter. You don't got to be from the street. You know what I'm saying? 
it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, me and Vanilla Ice are cool. They had a a, a death match with me, him, and Q back in the day when they used to do celebrity yeah, death match. Funny. Yeah, yeah, that, that shit was funny. Who won that one? He killed us with me and Ice Cube with the Zamboni. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's classic. That shit was hilarious. How's your how's your freestyle game these days, Ice? I don't freestyle. Not at all. You you you, you think through your lyrics, you get them down. This is what freestyling I want to say. is a skill. Freestyling is a skill. Snoop can do it. A lot of people can. That's a uh, the ability to think on your feet. Mm-hmm. I'll be done ramp right. You know, I I I'll be rhyming Bermit, Bermit <laughs> with Kermit, and you know it'll sound it'll sound bad though. But now nah, I'm not a freestyler. I'm a rhyme writer. I write the rhymes and you know say them. You know, like a poet. Ever like you go to a show and it's not your show and you know they might call you on the stage a rapper is backstage in his brain saying his rhymes loading it up because rapping requires all your all the rhymes to be right in the front of your head right so right now i'm talking about nfts and this that and the third so it requires full focus and if you if you watch me like before i go on stage i'm in a zone I'm in a zone because I'm pushing all the words right to the front of my head. And even when I get ready to do a, a, a concert, I'll take all my music, my instrumentals, and in the hotel, I'll play the instrumentals and just say the words. Stuff like colors, you can forget because there's another thing called life that intersects with the rhymes and stuff. So that was a reckless move by me trying to say a rhyme from 30. I, I like reckless, so man, you got to take <laughs> risks. Hey, maybe what you do is you go back to the drawing board, you write you an NFT rap, and then Tommy can animate, you know, something to go with it. We layer them together, and that's a that's a unique one-of-one one NFT. Some, you no, know, definitely. some original lyrics combined with, with Tommy's artwork, and now we got we can auction that off, uh, make something super special one-of-one one with that. We got a one of one NFT. We have a New Jack City one of one. So with a physical to go with it. So we what, what's the physical? What do they get? Is the statue there, Tommy? Yeah, it's in the um, let me see if I give me a second. Oh, we got show and tell time. Yeah. Let me ask you this here real quick, then, because I mean you're you moved from New York to South Central when you were relatively young, right? And you were you were dealing you're dealing down there, what Crenshaw and all of that. How tied yeah. in, how close were you guys from NWA back in the day? Me and Cube are like best friends, you know? I was rapping before Cube, so, you know, he used to come to the shows and stuff like that. And so when NWA popped off, we were still touring. They used to tour with me, Easy, DOC, all mm. of them. And then when Straight Out of Compton, Straight Out of Compton came out, their album came out. I was already on the OG album, so I had two albums out. But me and Cube are like tight, you know. I want to ask this. I want to ask this. Your thought about this? Because I had, I had a, I have a theory. Because with, with, if Jerry Heller and Easy E hadn't, uh, you know, done their deals like they did and kind of did the other guys dirty, right? Do you think that Snoop Dogg would have ever hit it as big as he did? Because Snoop, uh, Snoop connected with Dr. Dre after after he left because Easy had screwed them over, right? And they, his contracts were all screwed. And I always thought that if Easy E hadn't screwed over NWA, then Snoop Dogg maybe never had hit as big as he did. Now Snoop's a, a, a power to reckon with. Snoop is Snoop is special. Mm-hmm. Nobody raps like Snoop. Nobody sounds like Snoop. Nobody thinks like Snoop. So he's one of those rare talents. You know, there's no gimmicks with Snoop. He's when I first heard Snoop, I was like, who is this motherfucker? Like just so smooth and so different. So mm-hmm. I think the era we come from is uniqueness. Like everyone has to be unique. Like Ice-T does not sound like Too Short and I don't sound like Cube. So Snoop is just one of those cats. I, he, I think Snoop is gonna make it regardless. Dre was just lucky enough to run into him as a youngster. And then when you connect to Dr. Dre, your life just changes. I mean, Dre's record is, is flawless. So it was a perfect, let's say it was a perfect storm. Mm. Right. I love Dr. Dre. The stuff that he's created over time, just legendary. Unfuckwithable. He's the Quincy Jones of our era. You know, there's no one who's produced, you know, from Eminem to NWA to Game to 50 Cent to Kendrick Lamar 
to Anderson Pack. He he about to do the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Was that Snoop's debut? Was that in the Chronic? Uh, no, Snoop's debut was Deep Cover. Okay, okay. I, I love how you you know you freely give praise to others you know there's some artists that are like it's all about them and they're the best and you're like you know you're giving everybody their due those those artists are suckers those artists are suckers it's like you know like what's the problem man what's the problem if if you're if you're if you're confident in what you've done and who you are you know, even though I want to know who that guy John is, it's been an actor longer than me. But um, <laughs> John. there's no reason to, you know, it's it's the truth. You know, it's the truth. You know, this is what happened. This is who it is. And these are all my peers. And they say the same thing. You know, if I wasn't in the room. It's not about what people say when you're in the room. It's when people say behind your back That's when right. you're not listening. That's you know? right. So look at this cat that Tommy's got right here. This? What this is, what this, this is this is this is uh Ice's character from New Jack City. Uh-huh. I don't know how well you guys can see I this. See it really if good. You can see the detail. Scotty, Scotty, if you see the detail. Look at from, that. From, it's got the money detail, all the stuff that was on the ground when he uh-huh. shot Pookie. The What's that made of? Adidas. This is right. This is made of PLA plastic. It's real hard, real durable. Uh huh. Yeah, it's about, I would say, about 19 inches tall. You can see the jewelry, the bracelet. You see the ring, the ring. get it all on there. So how yeah. does somebody... How, the, Raiders how, how, jacket, the Raiders jacket. Oh, yeah. How is somebody going to get this piece? This when was going to be... Go ahead, Ice. Break it down. When we first got into the NFT thing, my idea was to do one drop with this, just to test the water. Then we got with Niftify and they were like, well, we want to do this. We want to just, you know, test some other things and get, get, you know, just find out what, like I say, stick your toe in the water first. There's three of these statues. There's this one, there's one from an original Gangster album cover. Uh, and then there's one for Law & Order SVU. So yeah, we're working on, this is, the, what's that, original Gangster? That's that. Oh, this is, this is the Law, this is the uh, Law & Order one. So as you All can right, see, he's uh yeah, yeah, this is the law and order one. Yeah. So this one is being constructed now. So are those gonna be yeah, more is- gonna be more available for sale, or is there only gonna be a uh, we're gonna do one of ones. One of ones, yeah. One of ones, that's Scotty yeah. Appleton's badass. Yeah. So 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 right now we're not know if we're gonna do that in the NFT space or we're gonna do it at Sotheby's. Mm-hmm. But you know, because like I say, Sotheby's every year they have a hip hop um auction where they auction Biggie's crown and all that. And the thing with this is like, you're trying to find, this is not important to anybody that it's not important to, you know, like collecting anything. If you're not into it, there's people to collect stamps. There's people to collect trains. There's people to collect leaves from the trees. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But if it is, I, I've been keeping figurines. I got Jason, I got Pinhead, I got, uh, um, the dude from Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter. I've been collecting figurines my whole life, so the figurine game is 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 real to some people. So connect that to an NFT where you get one of one, and like you say, it would have to be an auction. I think Travis is going to go get one of his right there. What do you got? Oh, yeah, look at this one right here. This one right here is amazing. This is <laughs> oh one, shit, Travis, who did that? That's Travis. Dope. That's dope. dope. Yo, who did that? that? Let me see. Hold it up, man. Who did that? So actually, these are made. This thing is called a uh, no. This is called a solidify. This was I got it at CES. They uh, Canon had a uh, a thing, a three D volumetric scanner where they do a three sixty. There's like twenty eight cameras around you. They go snap, 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 and then they just go in and sculpt it and And, send it to you. Yeah, yeah. They print it out. Yeah, they print it out. What are you, Elias? Are you on the West Coast? I'm in Arizona right now. You're in Arizona. So next time you go to San Fran or L.A., look up a place called Doob, D-O-O-B, 3D. You walk into their place and they do this thing that Travis was talking about. And then you buy it. This is all resin. And yeah, that uh, shit is dope. Yeah, that's resin, really cool. right? That's and nice. Tommy, they just dropped the value of our piece, man. These motherfuckers. Just- <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite one right here. Tony Montoya, dude. You got to have one of these. This is badass. Oh, man. I got oh, nice shit. Hello to my little friend. I got a Tony nice Montoya. one, too. I got a nice Tony Montana from the 90s still in the box. Yeah, so I collect a lot of things too as well. 
Yeah, I got you. Got to have the Scarface piece. Yeah, that's nice. good. All right, Ice T. I figured out who this John motherfucker is. Who? Uh, it's uh, it's Richard Belzer, John Munch. Yeah, but Munch ain't been on the show longer than me. Not, no, but collectively, he was on uh, seven seasons of Homicide: Life on the Street, and then he came back on fifteen seasons of SVU. So he's got a total of twenty-two seasons. You got? I think you could pass him if he's still not doing stuff now. Yeah, Munch left a while ago, but that's well, my you're guy. Gonna pass him. So next next thing you know, Wikipedia might be wrong. You might be number three already. If I got to share it with Richard Belzer, so be it. That's my guy. He taught me a lot about the game, and he's he's definitely an OG. So no, I'll I'll take it for John Munch. I think it is Munch played the same character. Like even when he's on Homicide, he was Munch, yeah. and when he came over to our show, he was Munch. Exactly. Yeah. I remember seeing Richard. Running, I remember seeing Belzer on the early B comedy movies. Like I don't know, the Groove Tube or Kentucky Fried Movie or one of those. He got his start doing, you know, some slapstick comedy stuff. And then when I saw him on these police dramas, I'm like, damn, that guy made a leap. Belzer was in Scarface. Yeah. Yep. Really? He's yeah, he, a comedian back in the seventies. He was yeah. the comedian. Tommy, he was the comedian in the room right when they had the big shootout at the restaurant. I was bad. Oh, okay, yeah, that yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I that was not funny. That, man. that was wow. not funny at all. Gents, I really appreciate your time today. I mean, thanks for the conversation, for showing us your uh, your artwork, the talent that you got going here. And we really want to encourage everybody to go over to Niftify and support, especially as you know, these mainstream artists are coming in the space. We want to we want to support <laughs> these creators. The prices are reasonable, you get access to cool stuff and uh, you'll encourage them to make more, you know, so instead of just dipping the toe in the water, they're going to go for a swim in the ocean. Absolutely. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Hey, but, you know, the trick, the trip, like, it's like, you know, there are no real two experts. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And the thing of it is, is that the future is coming, like I say. And, you know, I didn't want Tommy to miss the tag. You know what I'm saying? Because... He's got art and galleries. He's got all these different things. We're animating, the, you know, and I was like, this is a good opportunity. Let's get involved. And, you know, and all the naysayers, I understand that. But, you know, fuck what you're going through. We're trying to do something positive. There you go. That's some fun right stuff. Sir I think that's uh, that's going to be our. Wow. What a blessing to, you know, as you know, we started talking about NFTs in 2017. Right. <laughs> and. And we've had, when we go to these conferences, we've had so many people come up to us and say, hey, man, you know, thank you for helping introduce NFTs. I hadn't heard about them to y'all. And then here we are four years later. They're talking to like, look at all these prolific people that are coming into the space, man. We just yeah. literally just interviewed Ice-T, who is, he's a legend. So fun. And I, I tell you, and there's more coming. I can't wait to share. You know, I still haven't told anybody what I was doing when I left the island um, last month to go visit with somebody. I've got pictures and I'm dying to share and an announcement. Uh, we're just waiting on this deal to get inked. Got to inky oh. dinky do it. And then uh, waiting on that ink, stinky ink. Oh my, you guys are going to be blown away uh, when you see who we're getting ready to work with here next. Uh, but meanwhile, our I'm own waiting, collection. I want to I talk about your haircut. Oh yeah, you want to talk about the haircut? Yeah, it's very nice. You're looking so handsome, I, it finally happened. You know, when it, it was it was a year ago, October, that I had my last cut. Like, who cares about my hair? Well, I do because it's my hair on my head. I've always been more clean cut with my look and I let it grow. And then I moved to Puerto Rico and I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to see what happens. You're well, an island boy. He's an yeah. island boy. 14 months later, I'm like, you know what? It's I'm sick of pulling it back. I'm sick of it blowing in my face. It's I mean, it's down. It was Pat, you know, past my shoulders. And, yeah. and I just decided to go and, and I did it. And then like people who know me here that have only met me here, they're looking at me like, what, what right. even producer Aaron, you know, who knows my face. She's just like, who are you? That's so funny. Just I did that. I did that one time I, when I was at, in college, I was working at Sprint. So I'd go to school during the day and then uh, I work at Sprint and do 10 cents a minute long distance. And uh, so I would go in and I had my glasses on and I had really long, about as long as hair as your was. And my goatee was super long. And then after work, I got a haircut. I, tr I shaved off my goatee and went into work the next day with contact lenses. 
And it was hilarious. Like I looked like a totally different freaking person. It was so people were like, and I went and sit in my chair, like, well, who are you? I'm like, I'm Travis. And they're like, what? Whoa. <laughs> I'm other Travis. I'm Travis. I'm, I'm e- Travis's twin. Evil twin. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Puerto Rico, Travis and I are going to record a uh, show for bad crypto soon. A lot of people asking us, you know, why did you move to Puerto Rico? What are the tax advantages? What's your experience like there? And uh, so we're going to have a special bad crypto dedicated to that. If you're not subscribed to this show, do it. Sometimes you get me, sometimes you get Travis, sometimes you get Zach or any combination thereof, depending who's available. Sometimes you get iced tea. I don't know. If sometimes he, you get iced tea. I don't know if he's going to host okay. the show or not, but I we're here. I request to be on this one with iced tea because mm-hmm. like, I was like, I have been to an iced tea concert. Yeah, you actually know. So uh, we'll catch you guys on an episode soon. Thanks for listening, subscribing, sharing, reviewing. Keep it nifty. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Zach are the hosts, you'll know. Joel and Zach say this will blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy, the nifty.